Bienvenidos a Radio Manaya, y'all. My name is Vero Ayati Flores. And I'm Miriam Suela Perez, and we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes. Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love, and this week we're having ourselves a little pride episode. Algo gay. Gay month! <laughs> <laughs> I was really struck by how much things have changed doing this episode, so let's let, we'll talk about it more, but the first sort of like harbinger of that change is that y'all there's an out gay bachatero um so let's take a listen another listen to this song that you've probably heard before because it's a pretty big bachata hit by johnny sky it's called quiereme Okay, so on a whim, I just like an hour ago googled gay bachatero, and I found out that this guy, Johnny Sky, came out three years ago, and I'm so hype about it. Um, Go for him. He, yeah, and he's like a you know New York Dominican bachatero, and um, he already had a career when he came out, and I think that's like, I don't know, it takes a lot of courage to come out in many different contexts, but especially in like a very male-dominated, the very, like, heteronormative industry like bachata where everyone's just singing about, like, love affairs with women, you know? So I feel yeah. like that's it's really great. And I think it also, like, is an indication of how things have cha- are changing. You know, when we first did Absolutely. this... You know, we, we did a Pride episode pretty early on in the show because we started just, like, in March. So it was only a few months before Pride season. And, like, I would have been surprised then to say that six years later we could keep doing these episodes like every year with new artists you know that we wouldn't have to be Mm. recycling like the same people who were that we already knew they were out or like you know the Juangas and the I mean he wasn't even out but Ricky Martin and Albita you know but like there's new artists all of the time that are coming up and that are out or that are doing things that are like supportive of LGBT folks so like obviously there's you know many realities exist especially in this country and there's both like a lot of progress and a lot of backlash but I felt kind of um, 
I don't know, just reflective on like how things have changed in this time that we've been doing this show. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, like, I, I don't know, it's just so fascinating how in the last, like, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years, like just like in the time that like probably you and I have been out, like how much yeah. things have changed. Yeah. Yeah. Like it used to be like fairly scary to hold your booze hand, you know? <laughs> I know. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Yeah. I mean, things. And again, it's like there's pockets of where it's really good and pockets where it's much, much worse, you know, and like particularly yeah. like all those attacks on trans folks and trans kids and trans athletes. And, you know, it's not a utopia by any means, but no, um, no, but there's no way all. to deny the like massive cultural shifts that have happened, you know? Um, yeah. and no, I'm going to get people. into that with one of my picks because yeah, I feel too. like yeah. gay rage is still definitely a huge yeah. part of the mix, oh, but for sure. you know, we're going to ease our way in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. So if you love Vachata, go support Johnny Sky. He posted like a couple days ago about how he came out three years ago on his Insta. So just like, you know, it's let's represent for the gay Vachataros because I'm sure it's not easy and there's so much homophobia. And, um, had you heard the song Vero? Did you recognize it? Um, I didn't. I mean, okay. it sounds vaguely familiar, but yeah, I'm also um, not like keeping up with Bachata like that. I know you're not. I but know yeah, this I, is from like 2015, but yeah, it's a few years old. Um, I, yeah, I just, I feel like it's one of those ones that you hear around, but yeah, I mean, I might listen to more radio stuff in, than you do, but, <laughs> um, but yes, go Johnny Sky. I'm really happy to know about you and, um, hopefully there's more and more folks coming behind him. Yeah. I'm here for it. So what do you have first for us? Is it gay rage? No, not yet. That's later. <laughs> no, gay rage is a little bit later. I'm starting out with something a little bit sexier. Okay. <laughs> Tell us. Um, my first pick is uh, by Omar Apollo, who um, has a new-ish album out that I've been listening to and has been up to some cool things lately. So let's take a listen to this. This is called Killing Me. said omar apollo has a new album it's called ivory it came out like early ish april um and i feel like there was a couple of weeks there where like this 
album had me in an absolute chokehold. I really, really like it. It's like very sexy. Um, and I gravitated a lot towards this song. Um, I think it's just a vibe. Uh, and the reason that I am bringing this is because Omar Apollo, who grew up in Indiana, but whose family's from Guadalajara, is openly gay. Um, which I think, like Bere said, like a lot of artists are these days. I think that I, we have all sorts of different Pride episodes and like some, you know, it's not like all the artists that um, we're bringing today are gay. Mm-hmm. But um, but we just like decided to see what was what we were feeling. But Omar Apollo is, and he I felt like bringing him both because I like his new album and also because I really loved his Coachella ad. He played at Coachella. I posted it on our Instagram, and I just felt like I had to. It said heterosexuality can be cured. Watch Omar Apollo <laughs> at like X time, like 9 p.m. Coachella, you know, whatever time he was. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> the date at Coachella and it just like made me laugh so much and just like really points to like how absurd those like homosexuality can be cured ads are um I just really loved it I really loved it I thought it was great yeah. um and I really like this album I think that y'all should go listen to it if you haven't um it's very cute love that I think heterosexuality can be cured you know it would be great for everyone, I think. <laughs> it's amazing to see all of the different, like there's so many different pride flags now. I don't even know what half of them are, but like all of the different like color combinations. It's like, this is the pansexual pride flag and this is the like bi pride flag and this is the trans pride flag and this is the, it's like there's just so many yeah, I feel Subgroup. like I'm several of those things, and I don't know what the flags are either. Yeah. I don't. I'm. T- I don't think I'm proud enough. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> Ironically, that's, that's the place fine. that I saw them displayed most prominently recently was at the P- Target Pride Collection. Did you see? Wow. That? Have you seen the Pride Collection? I don't know. Going to Target in New York City is like a whole other thing. But um, no, I have not been. I've I only saw it. it. I actually saw it online, and they have dog collapsible dog water bowls in like every single one of the different types of flags and I was like wow this is incredible Jesus Um, like I think so the commercialization of pride is really wild to me and I've really loved people tweeting their various like drags (laughs) on it you know like where people like when I was growing up queer like I didn't have the proper tools that's why I'm partnering with Home Depot. Right. <laughs> like an awful, or, like, or like I'm pa- partnering with the Department of Homeland Security. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like various yeah. Yeah. drags that are so funny that have made me laugh so much. But like these corporations are literally like trying to sell people shit. And I'm just like, do you remember like whatever corporations will use anything to sell people shit. I don't think gay people are special. Mm-mm. But I think that like sometimes it's like, OK, do you all remember like that pride was like a protest against police violence or not, (laughs) you know, no, no, (laughs) that's the part that feels devastating to me. I think the average person, even maybe the average gay person doesn't even know that, you know, like I think that that connection to that history is like only really present among people with like a significant political understanding, you know, um, devastating. This is why we need better history, better history textbooks, better everything. But I mean, it is incredible. Like, like, remember when the when folks first started advocating for like adding the black and brown stripe to the 
to the rainbow flag and people were like so up in arms about the idea of changing the rainbow flag and now it's like the standard rainbow flag has like both the trans flag colors and like the black and brown stripes you know like i don't know there's certain things that i'm like wow it's incredible maybe it's just symbolic but it still feels like it's something you know that there's some sort of progression that's happening yeah yeah i don't know i think it's just still so ugly <laughs> like just from an aesthetic point of view like the rainbow to be to begin with and then adding the other colors yeah or, yeah yeah all of it all of it all of it i feel like it's just getting worse like just from an aesthetic standpoint like i feel like the gays could have done better um okay <laughs> I, don't know to say to that. <laughs> I don't know um yeah i don't know there's so many things to be mad out mad at that the target pride collection is not at the top of my list you know what i mean like there's yeah so, no so many bad I mean, things happening so there's a lot more bad things yeah i don't yeah. i'm not gonna buy any of it someone starts if, if like smith and wesson starts selling like rainbow guns then i think i might have to get up in arms you know what i mean but the marines literally put up a thing on their instagram that was like had like rainbow bullets on them so i think that it's actually not very far removed from what you've just explained yeah fuck well i have the rainbow flag collapsible water bowl and i'm not mad about it (laughs) You know what? If Chuchi gets to drink out of a gayer bowl, that's great. <laughs> um, and I will say that some of these some of these corporations are partnering with some like independent artists, and so like I'm happy for those people. Like I I wear this shirt all the time. That's a Fabiana Rodriguez um, Old Navy collaboration from like Latino Month last year, and people always compliment it. And I'm like, yeah, this is Fabiana Rodriguez. Like. I'm not mad about her getting, tar- you know, old Navy money, like stuff like that, you know, where they're actually partnering with people who have been, you yeah, know, in the community. Yeah, that's cool. So, and Target that's is doing cool. some of that stuff too. So, yeah, I don't that. think Target is necessarily one of those, but there's a lot of corporations that do post like pride shit that actively donate to anti-LGBTQ right. politicians though. It's true. It's which true. Which is like really the pinnacle yeah. of like pink all washing. of this that we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. What do you have for us next? Well, this is some really fucking queer ass shit right here. All right, let's take a listen to Reina Tropical. The song is called Mas y Mas. Check. Okay. Okay, I think it's good. 
to see this duo live a couple of weeks ago, and it was like the most homosexual thing I've ever seen. It was so. This, That's this, so um, funny. I didn't know that they were queer. Like I've listened to them. Like I'm into them, but like I haven't like re- you know read too much about them necessarily. Yeah. Like I've just like listened to their music and like them, but I didn't know that they were queer. I mean, it's the like stage energy. Like this lead singer, Fabi, like. I don't even know if I can adequately describe like the amount of like sexual energy that this person was like conjuring on that stage. It was like overwhelmingly (laughs) intense (laughs) and like really hot. And we were all just sort of like drooling a little bit, you know, just like it's someone who's like clearly really like turned on and like into their erotic power when they're on stage. Like, I think I feel like this is a this is a person who like seeing them live and listening to their music are like two different experiences, you know, like, yeah, just the yeah. Way, it sounds like it. Yeah. The way that she like navigated the stage. I mean, like she has a really interesting, like masculine feminine sort of like duality thing going with like gender, um, mm-hmm. like long hair, but like, I don't know. Just, it's like really hard to describe But I mean, look at the Instagram, like they're very hot. Um, and yeah, just like, I don't know. I just felt like they were like having sex with the audience on stage. Like, I'm sure. <laughs> Did it feel good? <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. And I'm sure that if they wanted to like hook up with someone in that audience at the end of the night, they had their pick. Like it was just like this, just like very intense energetic thing that was happening. And so it felt like queer as fuck. I mean, they're very political and like they had a whole like video kind of montage in the back um, playing during their show. That was very political. They're very connected to like Afro indigeneity. They're both call themselves Mexican expats. They're very politicized, but yeah, this person's like just queer ass energy was was incredible. I mean, yeah. they they're just like one of those people who like clearly performing as like their the space. You know, their space like a place that they really thrive and like get to sort of be themselves and so whew, um yeah, it was an experience. I'm really glad that I I got to witness it. And if they're on tour right now, so like if you if y'all have the chance to see them, I think they're like maybe halfway through their tour. Um, you should go see them because it's really like a really beautiful thing to witness. I would love to. Unfortunately, you told me about this after they'd been in New York, yeah, so I didn't I think, catch them. Yeah, but. they were in New York. Right now, they're on the West Coast. I can just, yeah. Instagram. They're I'll, in Puerto Rico I'll recently. I'll try to catch them the next yeah, time. Next time around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some talented, talented things happening on that stage. <laughs> Amazing. And I think you brought them. Have you brought them to the show before? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I have. I'm pretty sure I have. I'm into them. Yeah. I feel like I've gotten to see some like more indie creators lately that are maybe more like on your radar than mine. But I just Mm. people seeing people live, you know, it's just like a really different. I don't know. I feel like I could I'm I'm pretty down to see almost anyone live, you know, because like that experience of, of witnessing live music, I think you can get pulled into what's happening even if like it's not music that you necessarily sit at home and listen to. Um, so yeah, I was into it. I do love some live music. The other day I had this magical Brooklyn night where suddenly I ended up like watching a live Boogaloo band mm. that I didn't plan on seeing. And I was like, wow, this is great. I love That's it. Amazing. That's amazing. On my two drinks and half a weed gummy. I love that. Are, are they like a new Boogaloo band or are people still like, no 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 they've been around they're called actually they're called spanglish fly and they're they've been around they've been on the scene for a minute amazing yeah i think of boogaloo as something like historical not something like present day oh yeah people are still doing it 
Love it. All right, Kim Ostianis. So we've arrived at the gay rage portion of okay. the program. Not um, my last pick, but yours. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I am going to have us listen to Rita Indiana, the legend, the icon, the one and only. Uh, the song is called El Castigador. part of being gay is being mad mm-hmm. um <laughs> i think that lgbtq people know a thing or two about being mad at injustice um and so i feel like this is like well within that realm and it, um we'll talk a little bit more about the song it's not necessarily about gay specific injustice but um rita indiana if you're not familiar is an acclaimed musician and novelist from the DR. I've been a huge fan of her since like her meaty meaty days back in like 2007-2008. And um, this song is from 2017 and it was like the first piece of the first song that she put out after she'd been like done with music for a while. Like she put out this like incredible album that like reached like cult status called El Juidero. And um, it was so ahead of his time. If you listen to it now, I feel like it still sounds fresh. And um, then she said she hated fame. And she was like, I don't ever want to put out any music again. Um, And so she said that she'd quit music forever. And then in 2017, this came out. And so it was hugely impactful, like among a certain community of Dominicans who really followed and loved her work. Also, she's like a pretty acclaimed novelist. So like she she was like, I'm just going to be a writer and not be um, a musician and just make music on my own. But um, this song came out in response to some anti-corruption protests at the time in the Dominican Republic in 2017. And it's like the themes of the song are around corruption and how like the most like miserable motherfuckers are people who steal from the poor um and um 
And so this song was in response to that. And it like really sort of like one is one of those like moments that like really galvanized um, people politically at a time where there was like a lot of turmoil um, around that stuff in DR. And I brought this song because I think that, you know, like we said, like there's so many ways that LGBTQ people are facing injustice still. Um, it's really, um, it's really true that we have come a long way in terms of like our social acceptance and like things have changed. Like we like absolutely have more rights than we did before. Like it's like, you know, absolutely less scary than it was before. And still like, there's so much that's bad and so much that's scary and so much that's terrible. Like, you know, like, I don't know, back in the day, I used to be this like anti-marriage gay because I mm-hmm. felt like uh, once the rich white gays got the one thing that they wanted, they just like abandoned the rest of us. And I feel like, I don't know, was I right? Like, mm. I feel like we're seeing just like tons of anti-trans bills across state legislatures that ban like access to health care, like for kids. We're seeing like sports competitions bans for trans athletes, like LGBTQ young people are still like really disproportionately represented among homeless youth and foster youth and youth in the juvenile justice system. And so I think that like gay rage is still very warranted. And I still like remain really mad because a lot of the things that we knew would happen once like the wealthy gays got their marriage is that like the shit that mattered to low income people of color like would not get as much attention. Um, to say nothing of like the fact that you probably shouldn't arrange rights based on like marrying somebody who has access to those rights. You know, we should just like make things like healthcare universal instead of like, let me try to buy into your health insurance. But, um, I, I just really feel like there's still a lot of, um, a lot of things to be mad about. And I really hope that being queer in this moment also comes with like some amount of like political awareness. I think that to me, queerness was sexuality, but was also like a politic and it was also like an invitation to like see the ways that systems like crushed some communities over others. Um, And, you know, LGBTQ people being one of those, but like how we intersect like with literally every single community um, was a really huge um, piece of how my politics were shaped as a young person. Um, and so that's that's what I'm thinking about today. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I wonder if um, there's something inherent in like becoming more mainstream or becoming like, I don't know, that like that comes with a certain level of like political diversity. I don't know. Like what is it about... It's like, it's true. It's like being queer does not really, you can't really make assumptions about that, about people's politics based on that identity anymore, you know? And I think that there used to be maybe a more sense because maybe the marginalization was more intense or something like that. But, you know, there's fucking like white lesbians on TikTok who have like tons of followers and are like Trump supporters. You know, like, it's just like, it just like makes, I know. And and it like means nothing. I don't know. It starts, it feels like it means nothing. And maybe that's because, of like the ways in which being queer has become more mainstream that then it's like people can, can kind of be in whatever space they want with that identity. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that like, as it becomes more mainstream, like there's more room for people on the right to come out too. 
Right. Yeah. You know, whereas like maybe they would have stayed closeted before and right. always there were always like those like silly log cabin Republicans and stuff. But like I think um, or maybe not silly, you know, like maybe for like wealthy white men who happen to be gay, it's maybe quite self-serving. Um, but I think um, the things there's some things that I think it's absolutely worth it. Right. Like. It is absolutely worth it. The rights, it's absolutely worth the acceptance. It's absolutely worth like not feeling like you're like some weird freak, you know? Um, but there's also, I harbor some nostalgia for that just because there's so much about being forced to exist on the outside of something that makes you be able to build things that are new. Um, it forces you to build things that are new because you don't fit into the thing that exists. And I feel like to me, that's like a lasting gift of queerness is that I learned early on that like I get to build a world that like fits who I am, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and I can like make that up. Um, And I think that that is true for anybody, but we don't, straight people don't often learn that lesson. And I feel like, I wonder if queer kids are learning that now. I wonder as it becomes more mainstream, if like people will value their friendships as much as um, queer people in the past did because there was so much like bio family loss that our friendships were really like our chosen family. And I wonder if we're going into like a hetero patriarchal sort of um arrangement of like relying on your romantic partner for everything in your life you know so but I think absolutely it's like the right direction to go but like I do wonder about those things and I wonder if like the expansion of queer acceptance also has meant the expansion of queer values at all um and I would like to hope that Yes, but sometimes it makes me feel like it's more queer people assimilating into straightness. Um, And I hope that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I when the marriage decision came out, I wrote an article like a piece called, you know, what's what happens next is more important than marriage. And yeah, it was that same question you're asking about, like, okay, now that like Mm -hmm. the most privileged people have what they want, like, you know, inheritance protection and tax breaks and whatever what about you know are what's gonna where where's the energy gonna go and i you know it's hard to say if it's there's been such an intense kind of conservative backlash i honestly think just to like the obama era that it's hard to even know how much of that is about you know privileged gays like you know taking taking the swing at you know whatever or like backing away politically because they got marriage like i don't even know because i it's it just feels like we're being punished for electing a black president, you know, like Trump, all of this stuff is just that. And I, I worry that like that Obama era is like that. We're just going to spend the rest of our political lives being punished for that moment and not, and, and like, and we're just seeing so many losses politically since then, just like consistently with the Trump era. And, and even now, you know, barely having like sort of control of government and not being able to do much with that kind of style of control. So I don't know. I feel very disillusioned politically right now. And I think I'm, I don't feel very connected to political movement or like to a sense of like, what, what does it look like to win? Which is hard, Mm -hmm. but I will say that I think the one argument I would make against what you're saying or, or or toward like queerness, maybe poking holes or making space for like non heteronormative values is the like rise of polyamory. 
And that's, I think, something that, you know, queer people don't own it, but, like, there's definitely, I think, more of a history there with queer folks in, like, non-traditional relationships. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But you're seeing a lot of people across the sort of sexuality spectrum, like, being more open about alternative family structures through polyamory and non-monogamy and stuff. And I think that's, like exciting you know in terms of the ways that it does poke holes at, at what you're saying about relying on you yeah know, one, one romantic partner for everything so um so that gives me a little bit of hope you know that there's just i'll there's take more. it yeah something right um i'll take it yeah so but i i feel you gay rage i don't i you know i don't know that it was a part of my coming out process because I feel like by the time I came out I was like not in my angry phase anymore so like I remember mm. listening to like Ani DeFranco and being like I'm just not feeling it you know because <laughs> like I had been in that phase a few years before but I hadn't been connected to that music but I mean I'm sure you're not like an Ani queer either right I am not <laughs> <laughs> she's like i no, feel like she's my like the rage white. is eternal and i don't listen to lesbians with guitars yeah <laughs> shout out to them though <laughs> um but yeah there's definitely a particular queer experience that is like you know that kind of like rage um in in her music you know not a pretty girl and all that stuff and i just yeah yeah, yeah i wasn't no, angry when no. i by the time i came out i feel like my anger had i don't know my, my dissipated i mean I, it's not like there's plenty not to be plenty to be angry about but not that sort of like existential anger depression sort of thing like mm. i was listening to like i don't know like dashboard confessional and like newfound glory Oof. and stuff like that when i was feeling really angry yeah <laughs> it's like before yeah. it came out, i don't so. think i've ever felt that level of rage i think that anger is like what fuels my fight i see yeah yeah you're not yeah i see that I see that. I'm not like a depressed rage. No. I'm like no. an action rage. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's like a healthier way to, to respond to rage is to do something about it. So. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> um, all right. My last pick for the main episode is, um, I think a really sweet sign of things changing. And I also didn't know about this song until I Googled. I was looking for this, um, Norteño band that someone told me about that had a gay front runner, but instead I found this song by Los Tigres del Norte and it's called Era Diferente. Let's take a listen. Su mejor amiga 
So these folks are not gay themselves. Um, as far as I know, they're, you know, kind of legends in the Norteño genre and like very, very um, successful, like mega stars in that world. And they put this song out in 2015. Um, and they, I read an advocate article about it and the, the, the person in the band who wrote it said that he was inspired because a lot of gay fans kept coming up to him at shows and being like, when are you going to write about us? You know, because they do a lot of love songs. And so he decided to Aww, put this song out. that's really sweet. I know. Isn't that really sweet? But what's exciting is that um, I didn't remember I didn't remember the name of the group when I was when we were preparing this, but now I know. So Grupo Firme, which is another like banda norteño group from Tijuana, um, they one of their singers came out as gay in 2020, and he's actually like the grand marshal of Mexico City Pride this year. So um, while these folks said that they wrote the first ever norteño about gay love, which is very likely true. Um, there's now a you know regional Mexican group with a gay, openly gay member, which is amazing, and they're called Grupo Firme. So, um, oh. and the gay member is called named Johnny Kaz. So I think that's really I awesome. I love it. I know. I mean, it's like you can't look at this shit and not feel like things are changing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, things are definitely changing. Uh, also, incredible. Los Tigres del Norte are like a strongly political group. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, obviously about migration yeah. and you know, like what like the plight of immigrants is because that's a lot of their audience. But like they, um, they played at like the Folsom Prison too, like yeah, in yeah, like Johnny yeah. Cash's direct lineage, just being yeah. like, yeah, like we're here to play a free right. show for people yeah. who are in prison. And I just think that's so fucking dope. To me, that didn't mm-hmm. get enough attention. It was somewhat recently in the last like, yeah, I don't I know, know I'm gonna say five years. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, they're awesome. And, and, but, you know, it's like just because they do political stuff about immigration and, you know, prisons and whatever doesn't mean that they're going to do something that's so um, pro gay in that way. And so it's still, I think, really incredible. But yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I completely and, agree. You know, and they, you know, doing this, like this group doing this, like this reaches an audience. Like they have the, the sort of the, the widespread reach that they have and to the community that, you know, I think that's really incredible. And not to say that like Mexicans are more homophobic than people in the U S like, it's definitely not true. Even though there's like a stereotype, I think about Latinos, that's, that's not fair. But I mean, even in this article, he was asked like, will you ever see a Norteño singer come out as gay? And he's like, you know, I don't know that there will be anybody anytime soon. And then look, you know, five years later, here's somebody coming out in Grupo Firme, you know, who's a Norteño singer as gay. So like things, I think things, the acceleration of change, I think, is what's also shocking to me. Like, just what we've seen in our, like, adult lives. So, um, yeah, I think it's really awesome. Yeah, it is. It's super cool. And shout out to Ariana. She was the one who told me, my friend Ariana told me about Grupo Fidme having the game lead singer. Cute. All right. So your last one is um, someone that we've heard from a few times during the show that you've it's been like a favorite of yours to bring this group yeah yeah i (laughs) this song is old but i always come back to it and i just wanted to listen to it again today uh this song is called zero and it's by Liniker Eos Caramelos
gente fica mordido, não fica I'm shifting the vibe a little bit here. Less gay anger, more gay calm, <laughs> more um, sultry gay vibes. Um, but yeah, the song is old. It's from like 2015, but I always come back to it. I think it's so lovely and jazzy. And I feel like when I think of this, I picture myself like listening to music on a little tiny cafe table with like cigarette smoke filling the room you know and like you know dimly lit like this that's like what I picture and you know cigarette smoke is disgusting slash I don't really want that but it's just like I have this like nostalgia for um a certain thing and uh that's the vibe of, of this for me and I really really like them they haven't put out new music in a little bit um, but I am still looking forward to more from them because I just think they're so talented. For sure. And they're Brazilian, right? We haven't brought mm -hmm. a lot of... Yep, from Brazil. Only brought like a handful of groups from Brazil because we're just not as connected to music from Brazil. But yeah, this is one that we that you are kind of keeping track of. Yeah, yeah. So um, Lineker... Um, has been doing like some solo stuff um and um and so lot i think put out a new album last year um and this is like them with their um you know like their backing band which is really lovely do you have any plans to do anything pride related i have a vague plan to go to brooklyn pride with my friend um, I'm not that much of a pride person, like parades are not my thing, like being like, I don't feel, I don't know, I don't, like it's like hot and it's just the street, like I, I don't know, pride has never really been my thing, um, but I really usually love going to the gay beach on pride, but because my friend who invited me is moving really soon, I will probably go with her. Yeah. So, I'll do that. Well, How about pride, you? What are your pride, pride is plans? Capital Pride, which is like sort of like mainstream pride in DC is this weekend. Um I'm going to try to do some things. I'm also going to try to not get COVID, so we'll see about that balance. Um But yeah, there's a lot of events. There's Latino Pride, which is on Thursday, and there's a bunch of like performers, which I'm excited about, and then um and they like crown like Miss, you know, gay DC like those kinds of things which I think is really cute um, it's very like feels very connected to sort of the drag ball culture stuff um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then yeah there's the dyke march which I haven't been to in many years but kind of got like DC actually had the original the oldest dyke march and then it kind of went sort of latent for a little while and then got re um, kind of 
restarted in 2019. And so um, I'm interested to go to that because it's outdoors and also just like less of the corporate pride kind of situation. It's not, you know, it's, I mean, it's like Dyke March yeah, in New York, sure. but not, not as big as Dyke March in New York. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there's a few parties and things. So just kind of figuring out what I can do and um, how many people I'm willing to be around. And, but I do like pride. I like going, I came to DC pride. The, f- it was the first ever pride I went to. And it was definitely like, it felt like a big deal to just be around so many like queer people. So while that feeling is not as important to me anymore, it's still, I like that. Like, it's a time where everybody tries to go out, you know, and uh, yeah. be out and about. Yeah. So I like that about it. Yeah. Um, well, I hope you have lovely pride celebrations that are not including any COVID. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be out there wearing my <laughs> yellow KN95 mask. It'll be great. Hey. <laughs> um, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Feliz pride. I hope you do something fun. Buy some rainbow shit if you want. Don't if you don't want to. You do you. (laughs) Uh, As always, all of the music that we talked about today is in our show notes. So take a look there for any details that we mentioned today. And you can follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. We have a little newsletter. Sign up. Hasta la próxima, babies. Shout out, Maite. Thanks for editing help. Bye. Quiere